was really just wanting to keep talking about the Sky Zone with James because I've never been. Uh, uh, it's it's just a lot of kids and trampolines. It's it seems like a great place to get staph infection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um. <laughs> hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And we're here, like we are every week, to talk about something weird and something interesting. <sighs> this week is interesting. This week is interesting. We're talking about witches, which was suggested to us by Jaime S. or Jamie S. So <laughs> we never thank you that for out. the suggestion. <laughs> Yeah, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, I was really James was regaling us of his tales of go karting and sky and sky zoning before we started. I just wanted to. It was his nephew's birthday today, so happy birthday to your nephew! Yeah, happy birthday, Ben! Happy birthday, Ben! You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a little icebreaker. It's a little unusual one. Okay. It's a very oh. unusual one. Oh wow, we're getting into the icebreaker already. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive in. So. Uh, when you go go-karting, what kind of go-karter are you? Oh. I say that because Cece is h- hilarious to go co- go-karting with. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, I am I... tragically Mr. Cautious, so yeah. Oh my that, gosh. Hey, James, you know what? I'm giving you, I'm giving you an air five through the microphone right now because that is me. It's yeah. like everybody's lapping me and I'm just driving around. I treat no, it like I'm on the interstate. Not... I'm like, oh, you can pass. Go around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, me and Cece did go-karts once, and I literally laughed her three times. He Dang. did. I, you know what? I wasn't that bad, <laughs> I just, but I was bad. Yeah. I mean, she she doesn't push, she never pushes a pedal all the way down. Uh, and it, it's very – of course, this this was a faster track. Yeah. Like, the carts were pretty fast. Like, they, they would uh, if it had just they would been drift me, a little bit. If, I, if it had just been me, I would have, like, gone full throttle the whole time. But I would round a corner, and then I'd be like, oh, good. What if I strike a child? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going around those corners going, move out of my way, child, or I'll uh, make you move. Yeah, that's uh-huh. Alex is he's got <laughs> he's got no fear. I just like I just don't like going fast. unlike CC Ricky takes, Bobby, I do not like going fast. CC takes a leisurely stroll. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I enjoy it. That's all that matters. That, you know what? That That's is true. all that matters. Yeah. So long as I'm having fun, which usually when Alex says, hey, let's go go-karting, I just go, oh, great. But, <laughs> you know. Anyways. Well, thanks for that really random icebreaker, Alex. Yeah. I thought it would be fun. Uh, James, do you have any any exciting life news to share with us? Or are you just ready to talk about witches? I think I'm ready to talk about witches. You know, if witches rode right. go-karts instead of broomsticks, they probably wouldn't have got burnt. <laughs> oh, oh. That's a good point, James. <laughs> um, well, before we before we hop on to the topic, I just want to thank everybody for the reviews this week. And if you guys enjoy our podcast, we hope you'll leave us a five star review. It helps us out a lot, and it's very motivating for us. So hop onto your iTunes, Apple Podcast, whatever it's called, and give us a five star rating. Yeah, leave I- us a love <clears throat> note. Because we love you too. Yeah, please and thank you. Yeah. James, James, do you have to say anything about reviews? Uh, well, thank you to everyone who's given one so far, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. 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 
James said it perfectly. All right, so James is going to kick us off today with our topic. He is talking about the historical significance of witches. Yeah, yeah witches have a, a very long history. And, I mean, really, it's such a tricky term because what is a witch? I mean, really, like there's it, there's so many different cultural lenses through which to view the word itself that it becomes a bit of a problem, especially nowadays. Now, because you have a lot of people who are practicing uh, New Age movements, neo-paganism and traditional paganism, and they're using the term positively. But historically, that was quite the dangerous thing to do. So in my opinion, a witch is someone who practices uh, any sort of occult craft in an attempt to influence the world or their own fate or fortune. That's that's my perception of what constitutes a witch. Uh, but the biggest reason why it's been so taboo has been twofold. One, the competition that Christianity had with the pagan religions throughout uh, Europe led to mass executions of pagans. And any any priest who practiced that religion was deemed a practitioner of witchcraft and as such was also executed or at times forcibly converted. Uh, and this all stems from the fact that in the Bible it says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And this led to a, a number of accusations and theories regarding witches. Um, the biggest and most influential, though, uh, and that's this is one of my big focuses, and this is one of those topics that is so big and meandering, we're going to have to cover more later on. There's going to be some witches part two and three. But I wanted to Definitely. talk about... Uh, above all else, King James the sixth and first, and no, that's not two different guys. He was such an influential king; they named him twice. But uh, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. He was uh, he was King James the uh, the sixth in uh, Scotland, and then when he became king of England and Scotland, he became King James the first. That's that's where that comes from. Oh. And you guys are probably pretty familiar with King James. Uh, can you can you think of anything influential that he did? Maybe Alex, go ahead with all your history knowledge. Oh, oh um, uh, uh, you guys are gonna feel silly if you don't answer it. What? Braveheart? I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> he had a he had a round table. Uh, well, and most, he also <laughs> well he wrote you, a dragon. If you live in the West, particularly America or any Anglo-Saxon cultured uh, location. There's a very good chance that the Bible on your... Uh, Bible. There oh you go. Goodness. Yeah, exactly. I knew you were going to kick yourself yeah. over that. Yeah, the King James Version <laughs> of the Bible. That's where that comes from. Oh, well. Well, he was quite the prolific religious literature advocate. He really liked... Uh, he had a real interest in Christianity and in religion. Like a lot of, of royalty, it's it's more of a formality, you know, because they're representing the divine on earth. But he was really into it, as case in point, the King James Version of the Bible. Well, he also wrote a dissertation called Demonology, and it was it was published in 1597. It It's pretty much where we get the idea of witches today. Like when you think about uh, a, a, an old crone with a big crooked nose and a wart on it, hooked over a, a cauldron and muttering incantations and throwing in animal ingredients, the, the, the whole Halloween notion of witches, that came from him. It, it came secondhand. Oh. I mean, really, it came from the Weird Sisters from Macbeth by Shakespeare, but Shakespeare was influenced by demonology, so it goes kind of <laughs> hand in hand. So, yeah, hmm. he wrote this really interesting book that's divided up into different 
segments, and this came from his own studies. I mean, he was really an erudite about the topic. He looked into necromancy. He looked into charms and conjurations, astrology, the whole idea. Again, this is how much influential this guy was on our pop culture. We covered demons, and we talked about making deals with the devil. That's straight out of uh, the first part of demonology. He talks about uh, biblical proof versus myth. Sorcery compared to witchcraft, which I still don't fully understand. Uh, just a lot of things, curses and whatnot. And it had a huge impact on how people treated witchcraft. Because before that, it was more like, hey, there's this lady in town. She never goes to church. She doesn't have any kids. She's she's kind of uh, she's she's the cool aunt <laughs> in modern parlance. She's the, she's the 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 forty plus lady who. Do, you know, drinks wine and goes on vacation, but doesn't go to church on Sunday. What's going on there? Yeah. She keeps using this thing called ye old Instagram. And so they, they would get suspicious and they would often uh, execute a woman like that. Yeah. Burner. But yeah, there we go. But, but with demonology, it became a lot more, I, I'm almost reluctant to use this term, but it was a lot more like the scientific method. It was a lot more like how modern day, Judicial practices work. The difference being, of course, is that you're dealing with like spectral evidence and a lot of subjective, you know, I swear I saw her cavorting with the devil in the moonlight sort of uh, stories, which obviously, you know, historically, you guys will cover a few cases of that. It wasn't the best thing in the world to do, debatably. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But but it was a fascinating work and it led to. A book that I have read. I, sadly, I have not read Demonology, but I did read a book that was directly influenced by a witch hunter's manual called Der Hexenheimer, or The Witch's Hammer. And it was a really fascinating tome about how to find out if somebody's a witch. And there's all these different methods. I mean, you would think that the, the, the chief method would be if you came across somebody using a cauldron and casting curses on people. But I mean, so many things could get you implicated for witchcraft that it really led to a lot of tragedies, like unusual birthmarks, unusual moles, uh, just peculiar behavior. I mean, if if you had a mental illness during this period, you probably were going to get burned at the stake at some point. Things of that sort. Yeah, it was it was not a great method, despite the fact that, again, What's fascinating about it is you can see a lot of the precursors to modern law and even the scientific method in it. I mean, sure, it, it's it's easy to dismiss it as pseudoscience now, but I mean, given what they knew, I think it, it was a very logical step forward in, in terms of analyzing mm, occultism. Sadly, of course, it, it has a very biased slant and... and Relies so much on subjectivity that it caused a lot of deaths, a lot of deaths, um, leading all the way up to the really at some point. Uh, just this is just a little spoiler for all you you li- listeners. At some point, when we cover part two, we're going to be talking about like the satanic panic in the 80s and whatnot. So yeah. any Dungeons and Dragons fans out there, don't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I'd also like to just real quick throw something out. Uh, I mean, King James was a fascinating fellow all on his own, but I also kind of wanted to throw out a, a, an interesting other figure, sort of a double feature here, and that would be the only saint who was burned as, for witchcraft, and that would be Joan of Arc. And I'm not going to talk much about what she did, uh, because everybody kind of already knows that, and if you don't, Wikipedia is free. 
But what's, <laughs> what's interesting about her is that when she was 19, she was burnt at the stake for a number of accusations, chiefest among which was witchcraft. And the reason I think this is worth talking about is it really gives us an idea as to the, I think, one of the bigger motives for burning people for witchcraft, which I think isn't we have to guard the village from witches. I think it's more how do we get rid of somebody who is a social gadfly without, mm. you know, causing a riot, causing uh, the peasants to revolt and put the lords yeah. and ladies' heads on pikes. Because Joan of Arc clearly did not practice witchcraft. She clearly didn't do anything wrong, objectively. And yet they burnt mm. her when she was only 19. Well, here's the real reason. The Burgundians, this was, this was the big thing, uh, they were very supportive of the English. So when King Charles, who she supported and, and led to uh, you know, the massive French victory, the Burgundians weren't pleased with this, despite being French, because culturally they were more allied with Britain. So she's in this region. How do we get rid of her? How do we deal with the fact that we don't agree with her, with the fact that she's she's kind of like the uh, she's on the wrong side of history, <laughs> which yeah. is tragic. So what they decided to do is they just trumped up a bunch of charges and had her burnt. And witchcraft wasn't the only thing. It was really just a way of saying, you can't side with this person. How dare you? We see a lot of that nowadays. You can't side with this person. They're, they are the incarnation of evil because I said so. Well, that's what they did to Joan of Arc. And what's most fascinating about her execution, just not in addition to the fact that the rest of France regards her as a saint, is there's a little bit of a an indication. Uh, do what do you do? You guys know uh, how people determine if somebody's a saint? Um, they have to perform a miracle. They have to. There has to be two witnessed miracles. That's that's a big mm-hmm. one. They have to obviously mm-hmm. do good works in life. You know, not not going to be too many uh, serial killer saints out there. But <laughs> the, another thing is is there are instances of incorruptibility of the body. And uh, often smelling like oh, roses yeah. and things like that. Well, this is interesting. Uh, like most people burned at, with, for, at the stake for witchcraft, she died of smoke inhalation. That's normal. But uh, she didn't really burn that well. So mm-hmm. after she died, the Cardinal of Winchester decided, hey, we're going to have to burn her again. So they burnt her again. Well, she didn't really burn so good that time. I keep thinking yeah, of... Her uh, organs were still intact. Yeah. So then they burnt her a third time, and they threw the debris into the the Seine River. That's really weird that they had to do that. And to me, it's sort of an indication of her innocence, uh, which that's very subjective. I don't have a strong argument for it, but it's just weird to me that they had to burn her thrice. I love using that word. Very pretentious. (laughs) It makes me feel smart. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> it's very odd, and and there's uh, this is a, a great example though of the the hypocrisy of that that it it had less to do with witchcraft and more to do with politics. This is what I think regarding most um, uh, witch trials. E- even you know people argue, well, the Christians killed the pagans. Well, that was more political than religious. It was it was a way of consolidating power. Most most wars are about consolidating power. They're not about ideology. That's my opinion. Uh, well, similarly, somebody threw a cat on the fire and burned it, presumably. And the reason for this is there's a precedence in France, in medieval France, that you would do this at a witch trial. 
to appease Satan. <laughs> now think of that for a minute. This lady's a witch. We got to burn her. But also, I'm going to appease Satan. They don't burn that person. So it, it's it's funny because here's someone clearly actually practicing something that objectively could be regarded as witchcraft, but it's totes okay because they're not yeah. a political enemy of the person who's in charge. So, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious to see that more than anything, witch hunts and witch trials are less about ideology and spirituality and more about consolidating political power like most things that we see in the world. Um that's all I got. Take it away, uh, Alex or Cece. Which one Alex. are you going? All right, Alex, Alex is going next. <clears throat> yes, I'm going next. And I'm going to be doing my girl, Tituba. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you say it correctly? I James? thought it was Tituba. That's what tituba? I thought it was. Tituba. Yeah. Okay, Tituba. So some people might hear that name and be like, oh, I think I've heard of that somewhere. Mm. And that's kind of how I was when I first looked at this. And it turns out that this was from, uh, the name was a character in Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Mm. Just like a lot of the characters in it. But Tituba isn't the same as she is in that story. I think most people have probably read that in high school. The Crucible. Oh yeah, I remember reading that. I think everybody remembers reading that. And I, I Oddly enough, reading through this made me really want to go and read that again. <laughs> again. And like, yeah, and like really, because, you know, in high school, I'm reading it to get it over with. Now, I would read it to get something out of it. Hmm. But, so, Tituba was the first person accused of witchcraft by Elizabeth Paris and Abigail Williams, who we know accused a few people of witchcraft. And they also accused Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. So these three individuals, Tichuba, Sarah, and Sarah, uh, were both all given a trial where Tichuba kind of, Tichuba likes some drama. Let's just say that. (laughs) I think that's the leading cause of of problems in the world is people like drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tichuba, no pun intended, likes to stir the pot. (laughs) (laughs) This was during the Salem Witch Trials, right? Yes, and a lot of the Salem Witch Trials is mostly a result of what Tichuba had to say during her trial. Mm. Hang on. Wheezy is spinning. Our dog is spinning in her kennel. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. The reason for the Salem Witch Trials is really driven home by what she validated the existence of this thing. So... She easily flips and says, goes from, oh, no, I didn't do anything to, okay, so maybe I made a witch cake. Hmm? Uh, A witch cake? Yeah. It's like this occult ritual, and I think it's supposed to help, it was supposed to help her mistress, uh, I think it's by giving uh, her confess something. James, will you clarify the Uh, witch cake? James has got to know what a witch cake is. James knows about witch cakes, but remembering her chief reason... I know that it had to do with getting her to confess, and I know it was like a real simple thing. It was basically like a biscuit, and uh, and yeah. I think it had her didn't and have it was uh, just... didn't it have the woman, uh, her master's mistress, whatever, uh, her urine in. Yes. Okay, that's. Right. I, I'm not sure the contents of the cake. I just know the name. <laughs> <laughs> um. But it was in an attempt to get Elizabeth Paris to admit something, and I think that something was. Relatively small compared to what is transpiring. Ah. Uh, and so 
Tichuba, once she's been found out about her witch cake that she admitted, she slowly turns from I didn't do it to witch cake to oh I'm the I'm I'm pretty in with the devil. <laughs> like <laughs> she started describing a man that would show up in the shadows to her. She would start describing uh writing on sticks through the air, black dogs coming to talk to her, all these different animals. Uh, a tall, what she described sounded kind of like a uh, Bigfoot <laughs> at one Not point. Bigfoot. Yes. Yeah. It was like this tall thing standing on two legs was very hairy. And I was like, sounds like Bigfoot to me. <laughs> and <laughs> her testimony is like really detailed. Really detailed. But as the trials go on, it gets a little less detailed. So her details change. And so... This is the age of uh, no internet, so you can't really keep a story straight, you know? I mean, even in the internet, you can't keep a story straight. So can you imagine people passing these tales along? Yeah, I had to look it up, and it was to see if her mistress was actually being hexed by somebody else. And that pissed off the judge because he compared it to going to the devil for help against the devil. So it did not work out in her favor. Boom, boom, boom. So what... She described all these things, even this like bizarre devil's book. She described it perfectly, but then she could hardly describe it at all. And she has broken English. She is from Barbados. South somewhere in South America. No one Barbados. really knows her. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was. Barbados. Yeah, no one knows. So yeah, Barbados is something she claimed in the thing uh, uh. during the trial, but no one knows for certain if she actually was from Barbados. They just know that she was from somewhere in South America. And mm. somehow, over time, like this is, again, how the story changes. In Arthur Miller's story, she's black. But she never was. And that's how things, the her origins slowly changed until she was black. Fascinating. So, it, it, it's kind of weird how these things changed. Mm. And during during all these stories that she's telling... I mean, everyone is using this as proof that what they believed is true. This is also back when you're guilty until proven innocent. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, definitely. That, that's, how they were, that's how they were doing it back then, for sure. And so a satanic conspiracy was afoot. We got to take out the devil. He's infiltrated Salem. No. Yeah. And so <laughs> she throws her two... Her two uh, Clink mates under the bus says that she saw them visualizing visions. Visualizing visions. She saw them in visions and that they, they came to her sometimes transformed into like. Kitty cat. Like half human type things or like they only have their face. Mm. And so. That goes right back to the, our, our Halloween special about liminality. Yeah. 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 She's a. Uh, so, but the weird thing is, she gives all these details. She gives more details than anyone else, period. Some people try to match her story when they get mm. caught and are, are accused of witches, of being witches. They try to match her story a little bit, but she goes into so much detail that no one actually indicts her. Wow. She sits in prison for 15 months. Her, uh... <laughs> her clink mates, Sarah and Sarah, their clink heads have already rolled. I love that. <laughs> their heads have already rolled. They're already dead. Mm. They've been killed because of the, some of the things that she said. And, you know, she's leading to the deaths of more people because she decided. She's, she's throwing everyone under the yeah, bus. Yeah, because she, she likes to stir the pot. 
<laughs> but <laughs> but the really interesting is thing is she she admits to this everything, and then fifteen months later, someone pays her prison bill essentially uh, because no one paid her bill, so they never really bother trying to get her out. Someone, no one knows who, came and paid her bill, and she was never seen again. So she just straight up disappeared. She was just straight up disappeared. Someone paid her tab. She walked out, never got hung, never got n- nothing. So she was the first person to be thrown in the prison for the Salem witch trials, and she was the last one to leave. Oh, Man. wow. <laughs> Did you buy? Yeah. So and she, she's not known for like the voodoo and stuff that is in the Crucible. Right. That's well, voodoo is an African blend of, well, it's a blend of African paganism and Catholicism. So, yeah, makes sense. Some people say that. Arthur Miller wasn't, he wasn't ignorant, but he purposely did that because when he was writing the story, it was more relevant. That oh, I absolutely think he was more focused on making an allegory for the red panic than, than anything else. Yeah. So I thought she was pretty interesting. She's the first one in, makes it worse for everybody else. And she gets out scot-free. Man. (laughs) Here's the big question. When she left, was there a broomstick left out for her? Because Dio oh. sounds like sounds like there was only one witch in Salem. <laughs> I bet you if she could ride a go kart, she'd go real fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it me? Yes. Do yes. I go? Oh, I forgot to I forgot to tell you all the twist. Yeah, what's the twist? Uh, and her name was James York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right, let me pull up my notes. And I am doing, uh, I'm going to cover the history of a woman named Malin Matt's daughter. Have you ever heard of her, James? You know, I don't know Malin Matt's daughter. You told, yeah, you told me you were studying her. Oh, you told me that you were <laughs> studying her and I hadn't. And so I've deliberately not looked into it because I want to I want to get it first from here. Ooh, so James, I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Uh-huh. I uh, I apologize. I just realized my foot's asleep, and so it's like <laughs> I've been sit, sitting on my feet, and now that, that it feels like I got little ants all over my feet. Okay, so anyways, Malin Matt's daughter was an alleged witch mm. in Sweden, born in 1613. Exact day of birth is unknown because, you know, it was 1613 yeah. and records weren't really a thing. But we do know when she died. Mm. August 5th, 1676, at the ripe old age of 62 or 63. Mm. She was actually one of the only alleged witches to have been burned alive during Sweden's great witch hunt. Mm. Mm. I just got one interjection. That just This is something that strikes me as interesting. If her name was Mattis Daughter, then it's, that means Sweden had, still had that kind of naming law. Because they don't have that now. Now I think only Iceland does. But that means her dad's name was Mattis. Yeah, her kids' last names, I believe, were Eric's daughter. Yeah, neato. So that's cool. Yeah, that's hey, how they, they did. My the, joke was actually almost accurate. Yeah, Alex. Well, it was hilarious. Have <laughs> me rolling over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the great witch hunt in Sweden—I don't know how to pronounce it—but it looked like it was called Det Stora Ovasentet. Or it translates to the great noise. Mm. But Sweden was all about ridding the country of so-called witches between 1668 to 1672. 
So was Malin really a witch, you guys? Probably not. <laughs> let me give her life a little color, okay? And I'll let you guys decide. So, <laughs> and I'm just going to start. I just want to throw this out there. I, I, I got most of my information <laughs> from Wikipedia. And the reason for this is because I went on YouTube and I looked up some videos and I watched them. And it was basically the Wikipedia page read verbatim. So I'm just going to throw this one to Wikipedia. But anyways. Which <laughs> uh, you're honest. Yeah, at least I'm honest. Not much is known about Malin's early life because, again, records weren't really a thing. Um, especially for people who weren't a part of the upper class. And she was not a part of the upper class. She was said to be very poor. And she married this guy named Eric Nilsson. And together they had two daughters, Maria and Anna. Mm-hmm. Or Anna. A-N-N-A. But these daughters would later be Mullen's downfall. Uh-oh. Yeah. God, but God only knows what type of parents they had. Um, based upon what the daughters said, the daughters basically said that they were beaten, which, I mean, could have totally happened. Yeah, medieval um, beaten. I mean, it's probably the yeah, law. Medieval, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Anna or Anna was 13, she claimed that her father had had made love with a cow and it caused some major waves in the community. Um, but the story goes that the kids, Anna and Maria, uh, they ran away from home because their parents were beating them, which is sad. Yeah. Um, but they came back and got them back. And dad was like, Oh, Malin, you beat those kids. And so Malin was beating the kids. And Anna said to her dad, quote, God knows mother beats and you beats and I shall no longer remain silent. Such a sin you have committed all the time standing on a chair over our black cow like a rooster over a hen. Oh, oh. this is Jerry Springer oh. stuff. I know, those those is fighting words. Yeah. And on a one, because daddy dearest Eric was put to death in 1668 for having made love with a cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malin eventually remarried and her daughters moved out because apparently Malin and her new husband also argued all the time and Maria and Anna were like, I'm done with this, goodbye. And so they left. So what we do know about Malin prior to her witchy days, she worked at least one time as a midwife. Uh. Yeah, she worked as a midwife, mm-hmm. apparently for another woman who was also accused of being a witch at the time and was put to death for being a witch. Yeah, midwifery and 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 spells go hand in hand. Oh man. Yeah, she con- she concocted some potions, I'm sure. Mm. But yeah, she Mullen was said to be pretty poor, but apparently she owned a house herself, which is actually pretty great considering the time like she's a woman with her own house mm-hmm. which is crazy and i'm going to mention the house here in, in a minute again but everything else about Malin is basically a mystery that is until her daughters accused her of being a witch mm. her own flesh and blood said Mm-mm, she's a witch sounds like a witch to me oh she sounds like she's she apparently she also she cursed a lot mm. like not just make curses she cursed a lot like her her Language was very foul, mm. which, well, in 1676, so this was like basically at the very end of the great witch hunt in Sweden. Her daughter, Maria, who was 19 years old at the time, claimed that her mama dearest would abduct children, herself included, 
And she'd take them to this little island called Blockula. And that's where she'd introduce the children to the devil and basically turn their souls dark. Mm. So that's she would fun place. Ca- take these, she'd kidnap these kids and take them. And apparently Blockula was this little island and it was really difficult to get to. So mm. all the kids were like, oh, well, they took, so when, you know, a kid says, oh, she took me to Blockula, all the people are like, wait. How'd you get to Blockula? Oh, you know what I mean? It's weird. But Maria's testimony about Malin was backed up by two other kids who apparently said they had also been kidnapped by Malin and taken to Blockula. And their own mother, the, the other kid's mother who said Malin's a witch, mm-hmm. uh, their mom said that Malin would attack the kids while she was in jail. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, supernaturally. Like, the kids okay. would have a fit. And she's like, oh, Malin's doing this. Okay. So I'm not buying it now. Yeah, I'm thinking that's that, weird. Uh, what was that fungus that grows in grains that makes you do that? That they some people even think the Salem witch trials caused it. Um, you know what I'm talking I know about? What you're talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it. Oh man, that's bothering me. Okay, you're gonna look it up right here. I, know I you am. Are. Yeah, it's ergot. <laughs> I'm ergot. Ergot. Yeah. Isn't that a type of bird? You, you might be thinking of an egret. I'm thinking of an egret. Yeah. Okay, or a bird got. All right, we've gone off track here. So let's get back to Malin. An odd thing. Um, Malin's oldest daughter, Anna, backed up Maria's testimony saying, I too was abducted and taken to Blockula. But then Anna also testified that she herself had started to take children to Blockula. And then she was arrested for witchcraft. <laughs> Whoa. Isn't that weird? This that is, is a weird. great, this is a Lifetime movie. This is another the movie for The woman from Blockula. <laughs> <laughs> but Mullen, the court was convinced of her guilt for a couple of reasons. One, because her own daughters had reported her like, are your daughters really going to go and get you, you know, burned at the stake? Yeah. Hopefully not. Mm. But they did. Two, uh, Malin wasn't very religious, which at the time, like, everyone was religious. Yeah. And three, she also had difficulty reading and repeating prayers. And in at Sweden, rather, in Sweden at the time, apparently every citizen was required by law to be able to read so they could read the Bible. Oh. And so when Malin couldn't read, they were like, oh, mm, mm-hmm. you know, the devil doesn't want her to read these Whoa. sacred mm. words and texts. Dyslexia so, is now witchcraft. I know. That's exactly. That's the first thing that I thought. I was like, what if she was like seriously dyslexic? And apparently she had a nickname. People called her Rumpar Malin. And some people think they don't don't know what Rumpar means or translates to, but some people think it means stupid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's like she might have had some, you know. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now I feel bad for her, but she beat the crap out of her kids. Uh, I need to stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's. You know what? She's a, a very complex character. That's you could be sure. dumb and mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she was mean because she was dumb. Oh. If that's what it translates to, nobody yeah. knows. Well, we don't know. That's if she's just dumb. speculation. So let's quit calling her dumb. I don't want her to put a curse on me. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the court tried to have Mullen read the Lord's Prayer and like repent and stuff. She had a lot of trouble. And so they were like, yeah, she's definitely a witch. Mm. Like she can't read the the Lord's prayer. And she denied until the very end until, until she was burned that she was not a witch. She said, I'm not it. I am completely innocent. And that was actually another reason the court was convinced of her guilt. Why didn't they just go repeat after me? And then she just says the words. Apparently she, they did. They tried to do that. She, she couldn't trouble. do that. She either? had trouble. She had mm. trouble. 
So they think that since she maintained her innocence, like until the moment she died, that that was the, uh, the devil helping her resist, mm. you know, everything. So mm. Mullen was sentenced to death by burning at the stake. And mm. she, she apparently had her own fighting words for her daughters before everything happened. She apparently said of them, quote, my God, let them go to Blockula forever. Whoa. Okay, yeah, she's a witch. <laughs> those are the last words of a witch, guys. Well, those aren't her last words. <laughs> but she did accuse her daughters of being wicked themselves and living a bad lifestyle. And the court was like, hey, wait, can you tell us why you're saying these things? And Melinda's answer was apparently so foul that they could not legally write it down because it was <laughs> filled with so many bad words and it was wow. quote offensive to decent ears. Oh, that's oh my god. So, oh my god, wait a minute. Curses what? a lot, has trouble reading. This almost sounds like maybe she had Tourette's. She could have. Who oh. knows? It was so long ago, no like and the uh, records really aren't that great. Oh but. man, can you imagine having Tourette's back then? You'd have You'd have been screwed. Yeah, you've been in big trouble. Uh, get, a, get a house out in the middle of the country and hope nobody comes to visit. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, one other note, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, you know how I mentioned that she had her own house? Mm-hmm. So mm. Apparently, when they were doing the trial and Maria was giving her testimony, because Maria was basically the one who said, Mom's a witch. Mm-hmm. They asked Maria if she wanted her mother to be executed so that she could inherit the house. Uh-huh. And she mm-hmm. said yes. She said no. She said no, that's not it. It's because my mom's actually a witch, but uh, that's a pretty big... That's something a witch yeah. would say. Hey, free real estate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mullen went on... To, did you just drop your microphone, James? I did. I have to do it every episode, it seems. Yeah. You do, you do. So, Mullen went on to be burned alive. Uh, on August 5th, 1676, and there were two other types of execution styles that were considered for witches back then. The first was public decapitation followed by burning of the body. Yes. Mm. That was the fate that most convicted witches. Yeah. Basically, if you were found guilty and you said, oh, I'm sorry, and repented, they would be like, okay, we'll go easy on you. We'll just cut your head off, and mm. then we'll burn your body. Mm-hmm. So the um, the alternative, the second alternative was torture, then decapitation, and then being burned, and then the most severe punishment was just being burned alive. Which is and that's funny enough, the best. <laughs> well, I guess they the way that they thought was like, oh, this is going to be long and painful. Whereas yeah. if you get decapitated, it's just like chop, chop, you're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the but use of fire. They, it's funny, you know, the hanging was the common method in Salem. But the use of fire, that's that's to keep you from resurrecting on Judgment Day. That's kind of the logic there. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, very. But they, uh, they briefly considered burning Malin with a hot iron so that she'd pass out, and then the, the death wouldn't be quite as cruel and painful for her. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is like Jigsaw came up with that. Dang. <laughs> they decided against it for two reasons. One, they wanted to put God's honor ahead of Malin's feeling pain mm. during her death. Mm-hmm. And they also wanted to use her as like the ultimate example. Like uh, do not practice witchcraft in these parts because this is what will happen to you. Mm-hmm. And so poor Mullen, she was burned a lot. Mm. Yeah. And they told her, they said that if she admitted her guilt, like when they're putting her up to 
to burn mm-hmm. that they would decapitate her instead, like just show any remorse at all. She's like, no, yeah. I didn't do it. Wow. And then uh, they also told her to um, take her daughter's hand and, you know, make amends before bite you're her sent off. to death. And yeah, she was like, no, I'm not touching that hand. Yeah. <laughs> she should have gone, that's a witch's hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she either had, she was either a witch or she had like Tourette's with Coprolalia. That's like the only explanation I can think of. There was something, I mean, she maintained her innocence to, until the very end. And apparently she was very stoic and mm. very like rough when she got up onto the little platform Bing. that they were going to mm. burn her on. Yeah, they did. They did strap a, um, a, Bag full of gunpowder around her neck for good lord. I don't know. Dramatic yeah. effect. Flipping Wally Coyote came up with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Jigsaw apparently, and Wally Coyote <laughs> yeah. <team> up. Yeah. <laughs> Man. She uh, she was talking back to the priest as they're like, "Oh, please, Malin, you know, just say you're sorry and admit, and apologize to God." And she's like, oh, "Screw you, no, no." <laughs> and uh, she, you know. Oh, maintained man. her innocence until the very end. And it said that Malin, quote, delivered her daughters into the hands of the devil and cursed them for eternity. And then the executioner set her ablaze. And guess what, you guys? This she- is the most metal part of it all. Oh, well, the, the only, the most metal thing possible is that she snaps her fingers and the flames stop. And then she gets off and walks away. Yeah. No, unfortunately, she did. She burned the stake, but. She burned in complete silence. People, witnesses say that she did not make one peep while she was burning, which Whoa. only convinced people even more that she actually was a witch. Yeah. They were like, oh, you know, Satan's Satan's not allowing her to be in any pain, and that's why she's not screaming. But apparently kinda she died weird that in she screamed silence. like a lot when she wasn't burning. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of weird, man. Yeah. Oh, she's she an interesting character, and her death was actually one of the very last executions before the end of the Great Noise, the, the witch hunt in mm. Sweden. Uh, afterwards, some of the judges in the witch hunt commission started questioning the reliability of the witnesses who were coming forward, most of them children. Oh, what a mm. shocker. Yeah, and they started really questioning it when the children started coming forward and saying all these notable um, you know, upper-class women were witches. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute, what? Wait, the rich no, people are bad? No. Yeah, they're like, yeah. let's think about this for a second. Let's think about this for a second. How about we change our investigative tactics? So before um, they decided to like end everything, they were asking children to share their testimony, and the children would share their testimony, and then they would repeat, like the judge would repeat the testimony and just say, is this correct? And the kid would say, yeah, everything I said is correct. Mm. And then after they started reporting these people that were in the upper class, they're like, okay, what we're going to do is have the children give their testimony, and then the children will repeat their story, and we'll see if it's Uh, consistent. Oh, wow. What what genius came up with that? Yeah. Yeah, so they that's that's they changed it. And after that, all of these witnesses started to retract their statements because they started to like feel the pressure. Mm. It's like, oh, I got to keep my story straight. And so all these kids started saying, oh, wait a minute, it wasn't true. Mm. And so a lot of people, I think it was somewhere close to three hundred women were um, killed for witchcraft during this this time. Yeah. But Dang. a lot of the kids, yeah, I know. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Lots were beaten for perjury and a few were executed or they died while being beaten for perjury. Yeah. So that it, happened to some of the, the this, so-called witnesses. This can only mean one thing. Oh, Money oh, prevents geez. witchcraft. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of conclusion. (sighs) So, you guys, that is the story of Malin Matt's daughter. Yeah. She like I'm I'm on the fence with her because it's like some of the stuff according if the stories are true because remember yeah. 1613 1676 yeah. it was a long time ago records really weren't that great but mm. just based upon some of the things that she was said to you she reminded me a lot of what's her face uh, Helena Blavatsky like just the way that she didn't seem to really care about mm. anything and mm. she had a very foul mouth she just kind of spoke spoke and said what she wanted to say. Mm. Mm. Well, hmm. I think I think she's a very interesting person. Hmm. Very interesting. Was she a witch? I have no idea. Hmm. But that's what happened, you guys. Wow. Yeah. Neat story. <laughs> Neat. I'm glad we don't do these uh, w- witch hunts anymore. Hmm. We do, just not in the same way. Yeah, hmm. that's good to say. Yeah, we, we have Twitter instead of uh, fire. <laughs> So you guys, that's that's witches. Yeah, that was fun. That was an interesting little combo. Listener, we hope that you enjoyed it wherever you're listening. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to add to the to the witch combo before we all get off of this microphone and I go eat some ice cream? Ooh, I'm gonna have a Klondike bar. <laughs> that's Alex's <laughs> input. James, do you have anything else you want to add about witches? I'm going to eat the fat of an unbaptized child so I can fly. Oh my God, James, what in the world? Uh, that's from one of those manuals. Uh. Oh my God. All right. Well, I think, I think that we really need to get off of this episode right now. So, All right. The FBI will be listening in to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, if you have any topic suggestions for us, please let us know. You can send those to us on Instagram at 13th Floor Podcast. You can send them to James on our Facebook page, or you can email them to us at 13th Floor Podcast at gmail.com. Next week, Alex, what are we talking about? And while I'm looking, our music is signaled by Grant Cook. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere you listen to music. So next week, we are talking about Alien Encounters. Ooh. We're returning to Aliens. It's been a while, you guys. Yeah. I love the aliens. I don't like the aliens. They scare me. All right. <laughs> so uh, until next time, you guys, we hope that you can keep, keep it strange. strange.